biggest enemy here for the next 48 to 72 hours is a lack of common sense. We want no driving whatsoever in that area of the city. The warnings tonight from New York officials as part of the state, including Buffalo, face historic levels of snow, potentially causing dangerous and even deadly conditions. More than half a meter or about two feet has already fallen on the region with much more to come. Good evening. The system also moving in our direction. And while the GTA is expected to dodge the worst of it, it will have an immense impact on millions of people in southern Ontario. We have team coverage of this storm for you tonight. Adrian Gobriel is in Buffalo with the latest developments there. Michelle Jobin is tracking the system, where it's going and who will be hit hardest. Well, we begin in Fort Erie where CTV's Mike Walker is right now with a look at how people there are faring and preparing. Mike. Well, Nathan, all day across town we saw people digging out, but many are calling this dumping of snow the calm before the storm. Fort Erie expected to be one of the hardest-hit communities in the Niagara region. The town says its crews are ready to respond. Digging out after the first blast of winter weather in Fort Erie. It's wet, it's heavy. But many here are bracing for a wallop that's on the horizon. Oh, I hope it doesn't, I'll tell you that much. I don't know if my back can take much more. Residents keeping an eye on the sky in neighboring Buffalo, where nearly two feet of snow is on the ground and more is still to fall. It can go either way, this side. Depends on the wind, that's it. Environment Canada has issued a snow squall watch for the Niagara region, with heavy lake effect snow expected tonight and throughout the weekend. In terms of total snowfall amounts, parts of the Niagara region could be looking at 30 to 60 centimeters before it starts to taper off. Tonight's supposed to be the worst for us, so I am a little anxious about it. But many like Carol McCabe know just how bad the winter can be here. I mean, if we get that big of a dumping, we have a generator, so I'm not worried about our hydro or anything, but a lot of the neighbors in that don't. Fort Erie expected to be the hardest hit town in the region. Road crews on standby, ready to clear the snow on more than 400 kilometers of roads. We have approximately two dozen staff available uh, initially, and then there's additional staff that we can call in if we need additional. Today, school buses were cancelled as a precaution, so too is this weekend's Santa Claus parade. When you're preparing for an emergency with respect to snow, you want to err on the side of caution, particularly if you have children. Some residents stocking up and planning to hunker down this weekend. We've got food supplies, we've got water supplies, we've got batteries, candles. <laughs> While those in the snow removal business are preparing to be working around the clock. I do the Portery Hospital. Well, you got to keep it open, so you're there whether you can see or not. With the risk of poor visibility, the National Weather Agency urging people in the Niagara region to avoid unnecessary travel. Now, because of the geography here, the snowfall amount can vary across the Niagara region. Fort Erie's mayor says he won't hesitate to call on neighboring municipalities to have their crews support the snow clearing if it's necessary. Reporting live in Fort Erie, I'm Mike Walker. Zoraida, back to you. Thank you, Mike. Well, some of the worst hit areas so far are in and around Buffalo. Schools are closed. Travel is nearly impossible. And as CTV's Adrian Gobriel reports, officials telling people there to get ready for a potentially historic weather event. More than six million people are under weather alerts from Wisconsin to New York. A state of emergency has been declared in Buffalo, the city facing conditions not seen in over 20 years. I wasn't expecting this. This is... This is big, like I wasn't expecting this. I heard the storm, but I didn't think nothing of it. 
blistering blast of thunder snow. And punishing bands of lake effect snow are expected to pile up to 1.2 meters over three days. A driving ban is in place in hard-hit South Buffalo. We want no driving whatsoever in that area of the city so the plows can do their work. Those venturing out face treacherous conditions. Emergency crews have responded to several accidents. There's a car under there. Officials urge people to shelter in place, but power is out in thousands of homes and businesses. And Adrian Gorbiel joins us now from South Buffalo, where people there are taking the brunt of this storm. Adrian, what are people there expecting over the next 24 to 48 hours? Or it looks like well, we don't have more of what you're seeing right now, Nathan. It has been uh, snowing pretty much since 7 p.m. yesterday. There's been a couple breaks. We got in town uh, this afternoon. There were some breaks in the snow, but it just keeps on coming. And it's not just the, the yeah, I sure can. It's not just the amount of snow that's coming down. It is simply uh, the it is the volume of snow and, and the pace and which it is coming down. All right, that's CTV's Adrian Gorbiel in South Buffalo. A bit of a delay there. We'll hopefully try to check back with him a little bit later in the show. Ahead tonight, Elon Musk and Twitter are also caught up in their own storm. We'll show you how the social media giant is connected to the weather event this weekend and why its staffing troubles could play a key role. Michelle Jobin joins us now with a look at the current conditions here in the GTA. We've got a few flurries, Michelle, but nothing like what they're seeing in Buffalo and Niagara. Absolutely not. And of course, there are many areas around it, and I'll go through all of them that could expect snow squalls. We're not lo just looking at the Niagara region. We're also looking at areas that north of the city of Toronto, uh, in and around Gray and Bruce County, that could see up to 80 centimeters of snow. And we'll get into that very soon. But as you can see, some widespread activity here, snow squalls off the upper Great Lakes, some light flurries here in the GTA. Those will be with us through the overnight. Uh, in and around the region, hovering close to the zero mark in the GTA right now, here's those persistent winds out of the southwest that are fueling those snow squalls off the lakes, and I'll tell you why that is later on. Right now in the islands, it is one degree feeling like minus five, minus one feeling like minus eight. Overnight tonight, some light flurries at times, minus six feeling like minus 12. We've got a cold weekend ahead. I'll have more details coming up. Back to you, Nathan. All right. Thanks, Michelle. This is one of the most exciting nights of the year for us at CTV and definitely a sign of the upcoming season. Toy Mountain is back for its 27th campaign in support of the Salvation Army, helping children in need across the GTHA. And this year, that need is being felt by more and more families, feeling the squeeze of the rising cost of living. Thanks to your generosity, we can raise the holiday spirits of local kids. And we are holding a special event to kick off this year's efforts. CTV's Andrea Case is live at Mel Lastman Square with more. Andrea. Good evening, Zoraida and Nathan. Yes, here we are. You can hear the Salvation Army band behind me. It is chilly. It is cold. The wind is blowing, but it's a good thing. That means the holiday season is on its way. And it is time to build a mountain of toys. I can't believe I'm saying that, but someone who's going to be saying it a lot over the next few weeks is our very good friend from the Salvation Army. So glad to be with you. Glenn, you, you are here. Glenn, uh, this is quite the setup. Tell us it why it's so important that people give this year. You know what? We have many, many children in our community that need your support. We need you to help us build a mountain of toys. Over 30,000 children in this community that will be coming to the Salvation Army, parents seeking that support. And we need, especially now, inflation's high, costs of things are, are getting greater. We need to 
provide those parents with a lift off their shoulders and help help people in our community. So a great opportunity to support the Salvation Army through the CTV Toy Mountain campaign, support your neighbors, and be a part of this great tradition. 27 years we've been doing this, Andrea. Wow. Just wow. wonderful. So thankful. You were just a child when this started, Glenn Van Gula, <laughs> when it started Salvation Army. Uh, 27 years. You can go to uh, toymountain.ca and you can make a donation there. Uh, you can go to many of our events that are going over the next uh, six weeks. The band is striking up right now. We're going to be coming back throughout the show for some check presentations, some entertainment. Oh, the band just ended right on cue. I'm going to send it back inside to the studio. and We'll be back in a little while to see how we're going to start to build a mountain of toys. Thanks, Glenn. Back to you. Thank you, Andrea. We'll check back with you a little later. Elsewhere tonight, Ontario's top doctor has some explaining to do. He was caught on camera at a party this week, maskless, just days after strongly recommending across the province people should cover up at all times while indoors. Queen's Park reporter Siobhan Morris joins us with all the details. Siobhan. Well, Nathan, Dr. Moore made that recommendation as we start to see more and more kids falling sick with RSV and the flu and to some degree COVID-19. So there's confusion tonight about why Dr. Moore doesn't seem to be heeding his own advice. There's a smiling Dr. Kieran Moore celebrating Toronto Life magazine's most influential people in the city. Ontario's top doctor was mixing and mingling maskless days after a plea to protect kids. And in response to the worsening trends and existing challenges for our health care system, I'm strongly recommending that all Ontarians, not just those at high risk, wear a mask in indoor public settings. The Ministry of Health says Dr. Kieran Moore evaluates the risk of each situation and takes a series of steps for protection, including masking when necessary. A spokesperson writes, Dr. Moore continues to encourage everyone to use their best judgment on when it's appropriate to wear a mask, particularly around the most vulnerable, including young children. The Premier seems unbothered by Dr. Moore's night out. Well, here in Ontario, uh, masking is personal choice. People of Ontario, they've been through two and a half years of this. They know if they need a mask, they know if they don't need a mask. Uh, that's going to be up to them. This family doctor and mother of three kids under five is disappointed, but not surprised. And this is not leadership, what we what we saw uh, yesterday from Dr. Moore. Um, we need to see leadership, but that but that that comes down to policy, right? We We actually need him to implement the correct policy. A return to mandatory masking to protect kids. Outside the province's largest children's hospital, parents are fed up with mixed messages. He's saying that we should be wearing it, then he should be wearing it as well. It doesn't surprise me that he would do something like that because I, I don't think there's very much logic in, in the masking up at this point anyway. The mayor also raising eyebrows for his bare face at the Toronto Life Party. John Tory's office says he was there for 30 minutes and had his mask off to take photos. A spokesperson stresses Tory has been wearing masks in some indoor settings since Dr. Moore's recommendation. It's surprising how much peer pressure plays a role even amongst adults. Meaning you might not put on a mask at a party if you don't see anyone else wearing one. But if we can change that, if at least we can have, you know, our public health leaders and politicians doing it, it normalizes the situation. Making masking up feel more routine again. Moore was at that party in the first place because Toronto Life did name him one of the city's 50 most influential people. He comes in at number 12 for what the magazine says is keeping COVID-19 under control.
Reporting live from Queen's Park, I'm Siobhan Morris. Zoraida, back to you. Thank you, Siobhan. Well, the controversial bill that allows seniors to be moved from hospital to a long-term care home they did not choose could be headed to court. The Ontario Health Coalition and Advocacy Centre for the Elderly intend to launch a charter challenge of Bill 7. Seniors can be moved up to 70 kilometres from home in southern Ontario, up to 150 in the north. If they refuse, starting this Sunday, they could be billed $400 a day. The government maintains the policy is needed to free up hospital beds. Another potential QP strike could force schools to close as early as Monday. If that happens, the province says it won't let that disruption impact the child care system. We are going to ensure the doctors and nurses and PSWs and health care providers, those that work in long-term care, hospitals, retirement homes, uh, applicable congregate care settings, that they actually are going to be able to get access to free child care. Education Minister Stephen Lecce says the province is speeding up approvals so more child care options will be available for all families. QP and the government have said contract talks will continue this weekend. The union has set a soft deadline of 5 p.m. Sunday to reach a deal and avert a strike. And families can find all the information regarding your schools and the strike on our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. The Ontario Teachers' Pension Plan has been swept up in the recent troubles on the cryptocurrency market. The pension plan had an investment of $95 million U.S. in crypto exchange, FTX. That company filed for bankruptcy protection this month as it faced liquidity concerns. OTPP says it is now writing off the entire amount as a loss. It says the outcome is disappointing, but the investment made up less than 0.05% of its total assets. Go Transit workers have voted to ratify a new contract with Metrolinx after a four-day strike last week. ATU Local 1587 represents 2,200 staff, including bus operators, station attendants, and safety officers. Go buses did not run during the work stoppage, complicating commutes for many residents. The union says 77% of members voted to accept the new three-year deal, which has commitments on job security, safety, and wages. There's a bit of good news for parents who've been scrambling to find medicine for their sick children. Pain and fever products should be hitting the shelves in stores again sometime next week. But as CTV's Janice Golding explains, some families worry this is a case of too little too late. GTA parents are still struggling to find their children the medicine they need. Oh, it's very hard to get some medicines. Just ran into a variety store up the street and the guy said he has some on the shelf, but overpriced, mind you. What is better than nothing? A nationwide shortage of children's Tylenol and Advil has been ongoing for months, say pharmacists, and that's driven some across the border. Everybody's coming to the pharmacy asking for it, and I just felt sorry for the infants and the children that weren't getting it, so I moved, I went to Buffalo and I picked some stuff up. Health Canada acknowledged the issue today, saying it's been working with manufacturers, retailers, and healthcare professionals to supplement our supply. We've now received and approved three proposals to import foreign product and supply has started to enter the country. After next week, more than one million bottles of product will have entered Canada. Beyond that, Health Canada says it is continuing to identify additional sources of foreign supply and is assessing proposals on a priority basis. Dr. Teresa Tam says what's driving demand is a spike in respiratory illnesses with pediatric hospitals across Canada reporting unprecedented levels of ER visits and admissions. At the national level, lab test positivity is at near 8% for RSV and 16% for influenza. 
Both of these viruses are having a large impact on children, and the proportion of influenza detections among children and teenagers is unusually high. Markham Stouffville Hospital's Dr. Alan Grill says parents do not need to panic, however. The family health team at his hospital has created a chart at www.healthforallfht.ca. It explains exactly how you can split adult acetaminophen and what dose you'll need for your child. You can cut it up or crush it. Based on your child's weight, you can put it in applesauce or chocolate sauce. Some parents say, however, we should never have been put in this position to begin with. What kind of a government can't provide that right now? Or, or we're supposed to be, what, a first world country? Well, I think it's it's a bit late in the, the year to be, you know, coming up with solutions. I feel like it was, it's been happening over the summer. I think it's been a problem for a while. Janice Golding, CTV News. A new example of gun violence connected to our classrooms. Police in Brampton say a teen student is clinging to life after a shooting outside a high school. CTV's John Woodward is at the school tonight and joins us now with the latest. John. Zoraida, this shooting certainly has neighbors concerned to see police cars outside yet another GTA school. A school behind police tape and evidence of a serious injury in the parking lot. Not what neighbors have come to expect from Castlebrook Secondary School. Which is kind of scary, you know. It's for the kids living in the area and like students in general. Peel Regional Police say just after noon, an 18-year-old student at Castlebrook was shot in the parking lot. Officers say the student is in hospital and his condition is stable but life-threatening, adding this is believed to be a targeted incident and there is no risk to public safety. One student told us off-camera they were told to hold and secure in case there was a larger threat. The Peel District School Board said in a statement, we can confirm that shortly after 12 p.m., a student sustained serious injuries in the parking lot of Castlebrook Secondary School. Police were called to the scene and are investigating. The student has been taken to hospital. It's not the first GTA school this week to see violence. A grade 12 student at Birchmount Park Collegiate in Scarborough was stabbed in a hallway on Monday. That incident prompting Toronto Mayor John Tory to call for a meeting. Now, Peel Police have just sent us a description of the suspect now. A South Asian man, they say, with light complexion, a thin build, about 5 foot 9, with short, wavy brown hair, last seen wearing dark-colored pants, a dark T-shirt, a blue puffy jacket. And he's believed to be armed and dangerous, so if you see him, call police. Do not do not approach him. Reporting live from Castlebrook Secondary School, I'm John Woodward. Zoraida, back to you. Thank you, John. Well, staff at Twitter have been heading for the exits in droves in recent days. There's a good chance its users are right behind them. After mass layoffs and an ultimatum from its new owner, Elon Musk, Twitter is in turmoil. Our Austin Delaney is at Twitter Canada and joins us now. Austin. Yeah, Twitter offices around the world closed today by its new owners after the new owner gave an ultimatum to the staff. Twitter employees are reportedly leaving the company in droves after new owner, billionaire Elon Musk, issued an ultimatum in a memo to current staff, which reads in part, going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world, we will need to be extremely hardcore, adding, this will mean working long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Everybody here, we're all about to get fired from Twitter. This video posted on Twitter from an employee who was not going to sign up at the deadline imposed by Musk yesterday. The people who are going to, are going to stay are all probably going to stay because they have no better alternative, right? The you know, tech market is, is crashing. People are losing their jobs. So they're going to stay because they have to, but they're going to resent the fact that they have no other alternatives. 
and that doesn't lead to a high level of performance. One former executive is quoted as saying it is a mass exodus. Outside Twitter's Toronto offices, this reaction. He kind of looks like <laughs> he lost the bet and he can't do anything properly about it. I think that if you want to actually create a profitable company, you got to consider the people a little bit more than he's doing. Another expert believes Musk is culling his workforce to find loyalty and savings. On the one hand, I think what's happening here is he's trying to figure out, you know, who's who's committed to Twitter and, and who might be sort of a disgruntled worker. So on the one hand, I think he's trying to sort of narrow down his, his labor um, or his workers to the ones that are the most committed. And of course, that has the added benefit of reducing costs. The world's richest man paid $44 billion for Twitter. I don't know if he's like it's revenge for having to do to buy it in the end. But with the staff cut to the bone, is Twitter in danger of collapsing? I don't think we're at imminent risk of Twitter absolutely disappearing this weekend. I do, however, think we're closer to the edge of the cliff than we've ever been before, and we are at significantly increased risk of an outage happening. Simply because the people who maintain the infrastructure, who moderate the content, most have already left. And people rely on Twitter during emergency situations for information. As you know, parts of Ontario and New York State are being blanketed by a huge snowstorm this weekend. Reporting live, I'm Austin Delaney. Nathan? Thank you, Austin. Russia's attacks on Ukraine's power grid have caused blackouts across the country. Millions have been periodically plunged into darkness as temperatures fall below zero. Kiev's mayor says the capital is battling a, quote, huge deficit in electricity, with between 1.5 and 2 million people experiencing outages. Officials have stocked up on generators, emergency medicines, and other winter supplies as Ukraine vows to keep up the fight. North Korea has test-fired an intercontinental ballistic missile that ja Japanese officials say had the range to reach the U.S. mainland. Japan's defense ministry released video of what it believes to be a trail from the ICBM launch. The missile landed just 200 kilometers off of Japan's coast. It comes a day after North Korea launched a smaller missile and as the company is warning of Rather, the country is warning of fiercer military responses to the U.S., boosting its regional security presence. The U.S. Justice Department is shifting gears in its ongoing investigations into former President Donald Trump, both for his handling of sensitive documents and his role in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Based on recent developments, including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. Longtime prosecutor Jack Smith was named to the role, created to avoid allegations of conflict of interest. Trump called the decision to name a special counsel unfair and political. Well, just two days before the FIFA World Cup gets underway, there's been a sudden about phase from the hosting nation. Qatar has banned the sale of beer at World Cup stadiums. The conservative Muslim emirate had agreed to allow alcohol sales as a condition of hosting the tournament. Non-alcoholic beer will still be available for fans at all 64 games. And some alcohol will be served, but in luxury hospitality areas only. Meanwhile, Team Canada has arrived in Doha with its first match scheduled for Wednesday against Belgium. There's some welcome news for anyone hoping to watch the World Cup games with fellow fans at a bar here. 
The province's Alcohol and Gaming Commission is extending liquor sale hours for the duration of the tournament. Bars will be able to sell alcohol starting at 7 a.m. rather than 9 a.m. Bars and restaurants were concerned they might miss out on sales, as the time difference with Qatar meant games started too early for liquor to be sold. Still, some were hoping for even earlier hours, as some games start at 4.30 in the morning. Still to come, it is a milestone achievement, a Rhodes Scholarship, the University of Toronto student inspiring Canadians and blazing a trail in her First Nations community. And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, buying a brand new vehicle is now more expensive than ever, so you want to be sure you make the right choice. Consumer Reports is out with their top brands for 2023. All of the latest ratings, that story is just ahead. Are we having a good time here? Are you having a good time here? Yes, that is Elvis. Elvis is in the building celebrating Toy Mad with us in the Salvation Army. You can donate by going to toymountain.ca. Click on the Toronto link there and you can see how and where you can donate. You've got so much more coming up, including some of the donations happening today. The kids are loving Elvis. Stay with us. A chilly weekend on the way here in the GTA, though not as snowy as elsewhere in the province. We are looking at values of around minus one as our daytime highs. And if you're heading to the Santa Claus Parade, I have some details about the wind chill to share with you. It's going to feel like minus 10. And stay with us. We've got another full night of great shows for you right here on CTV. Due to supply chain issues and chip shortages, car companies are still trying to catch up with demand at many dealerships. It makes it harder to negotiate a lower price on a new vehicle, which is why you want to make sure you get a reliable model. Pat Foran has a new survey on Consumer Alert. Pat. Hi, dudes. Rod and Nathan, thank you. The Consumer Reports new car survey is one of the largest of its kind. More than 300,000 people are asked about their vehicles and what they think of them. Some brands went up in the survey, while others dropped in reliability. Every year, Consumer Reports surveys hundreds of thousands of car owners asking them simple but important questions. What problems have they had with their vehicles in the past year? Researchers wanted to know about everything from the engine, transmission and brakes to electrical systems, noises, leaks, paint and trim. With more than 300,000 vehicles surveyed, Consumer Reports can calculate predicted vehicle reliability ratings. This year, Toyota, Lexus, and BMW were the top brands, with BMW moving up 10 spots from last year. And while pickup trucks account for one out of every five vehicles sold, they fall behind in reliability. Pickup trucks have been at the lower end of our rating for six of the last seven years. In this year's survey, we only have seven trucks of more than a dozen surveyed that are getting better than average to average in terms of reliability. If you're looking for a tried-and-true, reliable vehicle, researchers say a car, as in the traditional sedan, might be the way to go. Sedan body styles have been on the road for a long time. That's given the manufacturers a chance to work on some of those problem areas and bugs. Vehicles like trucks, minivans, and SUVs have complicated systems, and therefore, they can be more problematic. You might also be surprised to learn Consumer Reports found the majority of hybrid vehicles were as good as or better than their non-hybrid counterparts. And the most reliable car in the reliability survey was the Toyota Corolla Hybrid. And the survey also found out which vehicles came in as the least reliable, according to Consumer Reports. Auto brands at the bottom of the survey were Mercedes-Benz, Volkswagen and Jeep. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. 
If you have a consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca. It is an annual example of your selflessness, our Toy Mountain campaign in support of the Salvation Army. The goal, helping those less fortunate this holiday season. Let's go back to CTV's Andrea Case at Mel Laspin Square. Andrea. Hello, kids. Yes, I'm inside a brand new Ford Bronco. Now, don't get excited. Let's see if I can get out of this thing. Don't get excited. Ford is not giving away a Bronco this year, but they are donating money to Toy Mountain. You can always buy one of these things. Uh, come on over, Darcy. Our viewers at home know Darcy very well, representing the Toronto area, greater Toronto area, Ford dealers. And you are here once again, my dear. Uh, as I said, this year, we're not giving away a car. Why not? Well, you know, it comes down to what the financial support is needed for Toy Mountain this year. And our dealers have been involved now for 13 years. Wow. And um, it's just been a, a great, great cause to get behind. We've collected over 132,000 toys in the last 12 years, and our financial donations have exceeded $697,000. And that's from our dealers, from the association, from our customers and our business partners. So it's just, we're great to be to be here again. And uh, we've also donated 12, eight trucks to the Salvation oh Army which has helped them throughout the year for all the good work they do in the city. Okay, so are you still accepting donations at the Greater Toronto Area Ford dealers? Absolutely. You can drop off a toy at uh, one of our dealerships. There's 23 dealerships in the GTA. Uh, they'd be happy to see you and uh, take your toy. And you can also do financial donations uh, through the Salvation Army website. Yep. And I encourage anybody who's able to make a donation to Toy Mountain. Okay, now speaking of anybody who's able to make a donation to Toy Mountain, you are able. I understand you've got something in your hand there. We do, we do, Andrea, and this is our first donation for this year's campaign, and it's a check for $15,000 to Toy Mountain. Woo! $15,000, thank you so much. We will see you throughout the campaign. I'm going to run over to our friends here at Access Search. Thank you once again. Don't forget, forward, forward, forward. And where's our friends from, uh, oh, Access Storage, here they are. How are you? I'm doing great, Andrea. Now listen, how's the storage business these days? The storage business is good. It's good? It's been really good. How good has it been? Has it been good enough to donate to Toy Mountain this Absolutely. year? Absolutely. We're ready to start things off and kick off our campaign as well with a, a check to be presented. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me just get it the right way. The check to present in the amount of $10,000 to the Salvation Army. Thank you so, so much. Yes, our pleasure. Okay, so how did you raise this money? Uh, so we uh, raise the money through uh, the company itself. So every year we donate uh, from Access Storage, but we also gather some donations from our customers as well. Uh, and I'm actually putting the call out there to anyone um, this year. Normally we would uh, reserve it for customers to come and visit any one of our Access Storage locations, drop off a new unwrapped toy, and if you like, you can participate in entering your name into for a draw for a year's worth of free storage. I've got, my husband would say, I need that. I've got a lot of stuff he wants out of the house. Uh, stay with us, folks. There's so much more to come as we help build a... Toy Mountain! Stay with us. <laughs> All right, thank you, Andrea. A staple of the holiday season returns to Toronto's streets this weekend. The 118th original Santa Claus Parade is underway. It begins 12.30 Sunday at Christie Pitts. It will travel all the way to St. Lawrence Market. CB24 will provide the official live stream at 12.30. And then on Saturday, December 3rd, you can tune in for the parade broadcast on CTV, ctv.ca, and the CTV app. And if Santa was out tonight, 
visibility might be a concern. Yeah, and for those trying to get to the parade, even mm. if we don't see it really in the downtown core, it could be tricky. Yeah, it's not so much in the GTL, though I will say on Sunday, I am looking at some areas that are northern sections of the GTA that might get a little more activity in terms of snowfall. Not the heavy, heavy squalls that we're seeing adjacent to the upper Great Lakes or in the Niagara region, but there's a possibility there. So we'll get into that because there's lots to talk about in terms of your weather. So let's do that. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. So let's take a look at these snow squalls that are currently happening uh, in many parts of southern Ontario. And while we are expecting flurries here in the GTA, what you can see is uh, much more than that elsewhere. So uh, squalls, this is lake effect driven by winds from two different systems, but this snow is coming from lake effect squalls. So it is relatively warmer waters of the Great Lakes, colder air traveling over top of it. That is a recipe for lake effect, especially at this time of the year. So here's a look at the watches and warnings that are in place. We've been talking a lot about Niagara region, but the hardest hit area in this scenario might actually be in areas like Gray County and Bruce County, where we're seeing potentials of up to 80 centimeters as we get through the weekend. And I'll show you why on our forecast later, because they sort of get hit by two different directions. But right now, winds are out of the southwest. That's really affecting Niagara. Even more so tomorrow for Niagara region, Prince Edward County, and then to a certain extent, Gray County, Bruce County, Barrie over towards uh, Perry Sound and Muskoka over the next little while. So that's where we have the watches and warnings. Here's a look at how things sort of amplify over the next couple of days. And yes, yeah, somewhere up to 80 centimeters possible for some areas. Here in the GTA, it's mostly going to be flurries, but on our forecast radar, I will show you why I think we might see a little bit more for some of us on Sundays. So first winds out of the southwest, then this is comes in and moves winds out of the northwest over the upper Great Lakes, which is a more traditional snow squall scenario that we're used to. So tonight, here we go. Lots of snow starting to pick up as we get into tomorrow, Niagara region, even southern Durham region in the east, extending up towards Peterborough, Coburg, up towards Ottawa. There's a travel advisory there. And then over the Bruce Peninsula, extending into Muskoka. As we get into Sunday, wind shift out of the northwest, and that sets up some squalls. So this is where areas in northern sections of maybe York or Durham region might see a little bit more. So watch out for watches to be issued on Sunday there. Six, minus 6 overnight tonight, feeling like minus 12, minus 1, feeling like minus 8 tomorrow. And it stays cold for the weekend. If you're heading to the Santa Claus parade on Sunday, minus 1 is our high. It'll feel like minus 10 around parade time. Temperature starts to rebound as we get into next week above zero with a little more sunshine. The $2.8 million early bird prize deadline in the Princess Margaret home lottery is midnight tonight. You can win a stunning, fully furnished and professionally decorated Muskoka lakefront cottage plus $100,000 cash. Now that is everyone's dream. Plus, your ticket is good for over 25,000 prizes, valued at more than $20 million, including the $7.2 million grand prize, featuring a show home in Oakville, a Jaguar I-Pace, and a family vacation to Hawaii, plus $1 million cash. A stunning $2.3 million grand prize in Prince Edward County and in Perry Sound. And on to win a big cash prize, add on to win a big cash prize with the 50-50 jackpot and the cash calendar. Every ticket helps fund cancer research at the Princess Margaret, one of the top five cancer research centers in the world. Buy now before it's too late at princessmargaretlotto.com. Back to you, Nathan. Thank you, Michelle.
After the break, Canada's first national dental care coverage plan has become law. What the plan covers and the impact on kids in the country. Welcome back. And to a story that will affect the health of many families across the GTA and their bank accounts. Canada will soon have its first form of national dental care coverage. CTV's John Musselman reports on the plan and who will be eligible. The legislation known as Bill C-31 received royal assent yesterday. It will bring dental care coverage to hundreds of thousands of children right across the country. The first phase of the program will provide eligible parents with direct upfront tax-free payments to cover dental expenses. Definitely a positive step in the right direction. Uh, we know that low-income families have less access to dental care. We know from a lot of research that the oral health-related quality of life in children is negatively impacted by the lack of access to dental care. And so uh, this program will provide access to care. The benefit will be offered to children under the age of 12 with family incomes of less than 90000 Payments of up to $650 per child per year, depending on the family income. More than half a million Canadian children would be eligible. The costs here, $5.3 billion over five years. $1.7 billion ongoing. Dental experts say the cost of not providing dental health for children leads to a host of medical problems, and many of those kids end up in hospitals with tooth abscesses and mouth infections. Experts say many low-income families can't afford or simply skip spending money on oral hygiene products. My suggestion would be that if this benefit also includes accessing oral hygiene products for those children under 12 years, that's going to help them in maintaining better oral hygiene. This plan was a core pledge of the Liberal NDP confidence and supply deal. The Conservatives and Bloc Québécois voted against it. The Liberals hoped to expand the program to under 18-year-olds, seniors, and people with disabilities in 2023. John Musselman, CTV News. Taylor Swift is speaking out about the challenges her fans have faced trying to secure tickets to her upcoming Eras tour. It's me. Fans encountered long waits and tech issues during an online pre-sale, and Ticketmaster then cancelled a sale date for the general public today. Swift says she had been promised ticket sellers could handle the demand. The singer added in a statement, To those who didn't get tickets, all I can say is that my hope is to provide more opportunities for us to all get together and sing these songs. Thank you for wanting to be there. You have no idea how much that means. Canadian rockers Nickelback are out with their first new album in more than five years. It comes after the band released a music video for their track, Those Days. Get Rollin' is Nickelback's 10th studio album. They told People magazine the album came together after pandemic restrictions were eased and they were able to find new inspiration together in the recording studio. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Last Men's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. Coming up, it is the world's oldest graduate scholarship awarded only to the highest achievers. Tonight, we meet one of the newest recipients, a University of Toronto student blazing a trail in her First Nations community. It's a prestigious club featuring former presidents, Nobel Prize winners, and scientists. And now you can add one young University of Toronto student to the list. It's a monumental achievement and a milestone for her First Nations community. Our Andrew Brennan has the story. 
The Aguye Wata Patton has a critical eye. It's helped take her first from the shores of the St. Lawrence to the shores of Lake Ontario, and now across the pond. I'm still taking all of it in. It still feels really surreal. Patton studies art history at the University of Toronto, but her next chapter will be as a Rhodes Scholar, studying Indigenous representation in Netherlandish art at Oxford University. It's a path few have tread. A Métis woman and two Indigenous men have been selected over the years, but Patton believes she would be the first First Nations woman from Canada awarded the prestigious and world's oldest graduate scholarship. It's more than just a responsibility to myself, but a responsibility that I have to my community. It's a responsibility that I, that I hold for other Indigenous scholars and to carve that space. The moment she got the news, the first thing she did was call her mom. And she was crying and screaming and she was saying, I'm a Rhodes Scholar. And I was like, oh my God. It just, it was, and we, we couldn't talk. Neither one of us could speak. Patson grew up in Ganawage, a Ganyagahaga community outside Montreal. She says her parents never went to university. They prioritized her education, sensing greatness. It's hard to describe. I mean, uh, I always expected a lot out of her. But this is kind of, uh, she overshot. Patton says it's not lost on her. The namesake of the Rhodes Scholarship himself was a colonizer. But she's looking to focus on what this opportunity would mean for her work. Looking at the representations of Indigenous people in art and what her achievements represent. Every person that I've talked to about the Rhodes Scholarship has told me that this opportunity opens doors to things that I like I can't even imagine existing and for someone who knows so much about art she can imagine quite a bit and achieve even more Andrew Brennan CTV News okay the only way to stay warm tonight is to keep moving shield is moving I'm moving and I want you to move by going to your computer or your phone and typing in toy.mountainatbellmedia.ca so you can send us your videos and pictures so we can put them on the air. Glenn, how else can people get involved? Visit toymountain.ca. All the drop-off locations are there or make a donation online, toymountain.ca. Lots more to come. Stay with us. Toronto is one of the most vibrant, diverse, and interesting cities on the planet. We're a world leader in many areas like business, finance, technology, entertainment, and culture. Each week, Things to Know TO shines a spotlight on a wide variety of local businesses, services, events, and initiatives from across the GTA that are working to make our city even greater. And one of the world's best places to live, work, and play. Join us Saturday mornings for Things to Know TO. All right, let's return one last time to CTV's Andrea Case, live at Mel Lastman Square. It's the launch of our Toy Mountain campaign, back for its 27th year. Andrea. Zoraida and, Zoraida and Nathan, here we are with uh, Keller Williams Real Estate. Apparently, the real estate business is really going well this time of year. Jennifer, why are you here? We're here to donate toys uh, for the Mountain of Toys. And what, how else are you raising money? We're also doing a toy drive for the next few weeks uh, with our brokerage up in Richmond Hill, going out to our community in Richmond Hill and Aurora. 
Wonderful. Thank you very much. Stay warm and good luck in the housing market. And let's go over to our friends from Pure Energy Solutions. Uh, Ray, Rudolph is also here. And you were here last year. We, we want to thank you for taking part again in the 27th annual Toy Mountain Campaign. And what do you have for us? Well, last year we filled up a trailer full of toys. This year we're going to try to triple that with 25 different locations where we have boxes and condominiums and people are just pouring in, in gifts. So we're having this fantastic uh, ability to bring in a lot more toys for everybody. Okay, wonderful. Well, we want to thank you all for coming. Just right on cue there, uh, the music stopped. Oh, starting up again. Glenn, uh, this is such an important time of year. It is. Uh, the first of many weeks, you're going to get tired of Glenn, oh, but you no. never get tired of the message. Yeah, well, you know, we need your help. Salvation Army CTV Toy Mountain, we've been doing this 27 years, but we can't do it without you. We've got over 30,000 children that we need to support, so drop off a toy. ToyMountain.ca, make a donation. Okay, so critical. Okay, because we want to help to build a... Mountain Toy! It's just the beginning, folks. Please give. Thanks very much. We'll send it back to the station. Just fantastic. Yeah, and it looked cold but pretty clear there in North York for our Toy Mountain launch. And that's certainly going to be the case in the next while. We have a chance of flurries. Cold, though, here in the GTA with wind chills that feel a little bitter for this time of the year. So let's take a look at how things are right now. Of course, we have uh, snow squalls to talk about as well. Temperature-wise, this is how we're doing. Minus 2 feeling like minus 9 at the moment. Uh, we'll get colder overnight. It's going to feel like minus 12 in the morning. There's a look at those snow squalls. They're going to drift to the north in the Niagara region. Right now, the warnings are in gray Bruce County and extending over through Barrie over towards the Muskoka region. These are areas that could see 15 to 80 centimeters of snow over the weekend. So that's quite a lot. Driving, very difficult in these squalls. Stay off the roads. Visibility can be nil in an instant. Minus one tomorrow, feeling like minus, or feeling like minus eight-ish in the afternoon. Minus five overnight into Sunday. We'll have a minus one for around parade time, feeling like minus 10 flurries both days. All right, thank you, Michelle, and be sure to join it in John Venna Valley Route tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by our next local newscast at 11.30. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Michelle Jobin and all of us here at CTV News, thank you for watching. Have a good night. We'll see you at 11.30. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.